Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan, and Dan, what are we going to review on this Monday evening? Well, first airing on November 7th, 1991, it's season three, episode eight. It's entitled Lisa's Pony. Spoiler alert, Lisa gets a pony. Mind equals blown. (laughs) Yes. So last Friday we covered our second Halloween episode, and now we're getting more into serious Simpsons storytelling. Uh, Simpsons storytelling with heart. I think this is a really good example of the heart of season three. This is another one of those episodes that if I'm ranking the third season, it's probably in the lower tier, but it's a really good episode. It just happens that there's better episodes. That's like a theme for this season, for sure. It's like some of the... But this episode is filled with a lot of heart, and this is a really good Homer and Lisa episode. Because it goes through all of... uh... It's mostly told from both characters' points of view, but the progression comes from Lisa. Whereas it's more told from Homer's perspective. Would you agree with that? Yeah. That sounds about right. So, first things first, Bart's writing on the chalkboard that Bart bucks are not legal tender. So, of course, he had to make his own money. Like those JBL $100 bills. And Homer gets to the couch first. He jumps across it to lounge, and the family says, hell with that, and just sits on him. Yep. Because that's what you do when someone's being a jerk and taking up the whole couch. So, the episode actually starts at the dawn of man. The apes are all doing their thing, with one of them looking like Homer. And then they see the monolith. And the music starts playing, and they all start inventing something. We got fire, we got the wheel, and Homer invents the leaning leaning slab to take a nap on. I also love that when he wakes up, he's still making the monkey noises. Yep, he was just sleeping at work, and he's awoken by his phone. Lisa's calling him, because she's got an emergency. The talent show is tonight, and she needs a new read for her saxophone. And Homer's like, well, can't your mother help you? He's like, yeah, but mom's not home, and neither was Mr. Flanders or Reverend Lovejoy or that nice man who got the snake out of our garden. He's like, wow, out of all those people, you picked me. And on the bottom of his shoe, he writes down four and a half read. (laughs) Also right next to the uh, fix here hole at the bottom of his shoe that he clearly ignored. So Homer's going to save the day here. So it's talent show time. And Principal Skinner announces that he has locked the doors so that after your own child (laughs) performs, you can't just escape. Which is probably breaking some, like, a hundred codes right there. Yep. But that's, uh, that's Principal Skinner for you. So, <clears throat> Homer races to King Tut's music store, which closes at 7 o'clock, and he's there five minutes before, and he's like, oop, I made it. But it's right next door to Moe's. So Homer goes in for a beer, and of course he's immediately, like, trying to rush Moe. Hurry up, Moe. 
I gotta get to the music store next door before it closes in five minutes. Why don't you just go there first? Hey, I don't tell you how to do your job. Yes, Homer. By the way, if you tilt the glass, there'll be less foam in it. Sorry, Homer. I like that he immediately tells him how to how to live his life and how to do his job. That's great. An immediate throwback. Sometimes immediate throwbacks are just as funny, right? The immediate hypocrisy. Yeah. So, of course, we've got <clears throat> we've got a student named Kim who is doing a crazy gymnast or aerobatic uh, balancing routine on all these chairs. And, of course, Skinner's like, hey, return those chairs to the cafeteria. I mean it, young man. And we see the judges for the talent show are Bleeding Gums Murphy, Lunch Lady Doris, and Groundskeeper Willie. Because who else would be the judge, right? Like, how did they get a jazz musician to go in with two faculty members? I guess he was just available. I mean, he's there. Yeah. He's down. But the best is Milhouse is doing his performance where he's just like beating his uh drumming a spoon on his teeth and everything. And Skinner's like, ugh, this is the worst act I've ever seen. Then he goes out there and goes, hey, that was the best act we've ever had. And now here is Bart, the boy of a thousand voices. And of course... First imitation right off the bat is Bart just doing a shitty Principal Skinner, but the kids all cheer for it. (laughs) And he's immediately like, that boy just bought himself a thousand days of detention. He does a Lunch Lady Doris impression, and Bleeding Gums Murphy gives him a 10, (laughs) because he's enjoying it. And Homer's upset because with 15 seconds to spare, the music store is already closed. But, don't worry, the guy's there having a beer. And Mo convinces him to reopen the store for his buddy because he once pulled him and his wife out of a burning car. All right, but now okay, we're Okay, but then even. <laughs> yep. And freaking Sherry and Terry are having a knife-throwing act, which is ridiculous. But Lisa's, like, freaking out. She's like, where is he, Mom? And Marge is thinking, like, of all the scenarios, like... Maybe he's changing a tire. Oh, maybe he's stuck in a tree from a bear. Maybe he got abducted by aliens. And then she comes to Homer at most. Bingo. But at least, to be fair, Homer is somewhat trying here. Because he's like, what instrument does she play? I don't know. So he's pointing at stuff in the store. Lisa, stop playing that ratchet saxophone. Yes, that's it. Alto or tenor. Don't! But he gets the read. And he's racing to school while a kid gets thrown off stage for singing My Dingling. Which was friggin' hysterical. And, as of course, Skinner does the classic thing where he goes, Lisa's now gonna perform Stormy Leather. Oh, sorry, Stormy Weather. And as she botches through it because of the read, Homer gets there just in time. I hope that's not, good thing that's not my kid. Uh Uh-oh. It's not my fault. It's the read. Sure. Oh, yes, it's the read. So Homer tries to make it up to Lisa by taking her to the uh, Phineas Q. Butterfat Ice Cream Parlor. Buys her the Mount Belly Ache, which is an $88 super Sunday. <laughs> she takes one bite and goes, I'm done. He's like, oh, that was $88. And she's like, sorry, Dad, I'm not really hungry. He goes, Lisa, I messed up, and... 
Like, I'm trying to make it up to you. She goes, all right, fine, I forgive you. You didn't mean that. You're right, I didn't. So Homer's distraught over losing his daughter's respect for him. And he realizes just how shitty of a parent he really is because he's watching these old home movies and there's Lisa taking her first steps while he's watching a soap opera. And just like, I'll watch it later. You're taping it. And while she's saying Dada into the camera, he's too busy strangling Bart. And he just doesn't want to deal with this anymore. So Marge is like, well, go spend some time with Lisa. So he tries. He has a tea party with her, which Bart and Milhouse are mocking. And then he angrily chases them out of the room, which made me openly laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, he's trying to, like, hang out with Lisa. He blows her face with a hairdryer and they get the classic, the classic, like, over-exaggerated face getting blown back. And he even pushes her off of a swing. Literally. And he's just like, I don't know what to do, Marge. She's like, well, Homer, you can't go for the the quick fix. You gotta put some thought and effort and some time into it. No, you were right the first time, Marge. I need a quick fix. I'm gonna get her a pony. Uh, Homer, we can't afford that. Okay. Homer, are you gonna buy a pony? Meh. Homer, tell me you're not gonna buy a pony. Snuh. Those aren't even words. Well, Marge already knows what she's in for. Indeed. So, of course, Homer goes to a pet store. Yeah. With the sarcastic guy running it. You have a horse? Oh, yeah, we got one right over here. I like, did you see the sign? It says, if you pet it, you bought it. Yep. <laughs> He's like, oh, Pally, uh, you want the pony farm. It's right past the rendering plant. <laughs> Which is just so terrible when you actually think about it. So, of course, Homer's inquiring about buying a pony. Like, well, this one's half a million dollars. They start at five grand and they are cash. Because he tries to write a post-dated check for 2054. How funny would that have been if it was for a year that had already passed? I think that might be why they went that far. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Because a lot of things have pa- almost everything, <laughs> yeah, has even passed. made in the early two thousands, are now passed. We are now. Passed. I know. Oh, it's ridiculous. I can't. Uh, I don't even want to think about it. I mean, I, I, the, on our last episode, I called this. I called the joke twenty years old, and you had to correct me that it was thirty, and that made me groan. Not because I made the mistake, but because I realized how old I am. That was what the groan was for. I, can, I make mistakes all the time, but remembering I'm old? Uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, of course, I also like that Homer has no idea what usury means. Because he just doesn't. But he goes to take out a loan from the, from the employee paycheck plan. Burns is, of course, doing it personally because it's a hobby of his. Just being an ass. And, of course, Homer realizes he doesn't know how to do anything with these ponies because he's trying to shove it into the backseat of his car as it eats the seat on the way home. And we get a great movie parody moment when Lisa wakes up next to the horse head and screams. But then it's licking her and it's happy and she's riding it through the house. And you're the greatest dad in the world. Yep, the greatest dad in the world. And of course, uh, Marge is not happy about this. I like how she introduces it to the pets, too. Like, don't exclude her because she's different. So, of course, uh, 
realizing everything that Lisa's learning and how what the monthly expenses are for a horse, which five eighty a month is definitely expensive. But when I compare it to some of my other bills, I realize if I didn't have some of my other bills, I would actually be able to afford a horse in 1991. Uh, but thankfully, I don't have to worry about that. And she's like, I'm teaching her everything, including, at no extra charge, proper pronunciation. Ah, oh, father, you've made me the happiest girl in the world. So, of course, uh, Bart's teaching Grandpa a video game, which is hilarious in its own right. Grandpa, do this. Move the joystick. What's a joystick? Man, I got on the floor for this. As Homer realizes just how expensive this horse is, or actually uh, Marge is the one doing the doing the number crunching here. She's like, we're going to have to start cutting out luxuries. He goes, okay, well, how about vaccines for Maggie? I mean, she doesn't have any of those diseases. Yeah, I was thinking about your beer. Uh, no, we're not doing that. So now Homer's got to find some extra money. So he goes and buys a scratch-off from the Quickie Mart. And he gets two Liberty Bells and then a cherry. But he pretends like he's got three Liberty Bells and that Apu owes him $10,000. Oh, if I could just see the ticket. Uh, no. Move your thumb. It's like, oh, Mr. Simpson, a cherry. How dare you? You could have at least stuck a gun to my chest or inquired about the help wanted sign. I need somebody to do the horrible... Midnight to 8 a.m. shift. Well, I'm your man. So, Homer's going to take up a second job. Meanwhile, we see Lisa doing quite well with her pony. Whether she's trying to get her to hit get the salt lick going, or is riding them in front of her classmates with Ralph Wiggum with a completely different voice. Where she's just like, she sure tamed that beast. Yes, but who can tame her? It's not even his voice. But it's also really... It's also only her second is his uh, second ever appearance, so he hasn't really been established as a character yet. So of course, Homer's starting his job at the Quickie Mart, and he's learning all of the secrets. Right at this job, you will be shot at. Each one of these bullet holes is their own treasured story and memory. And he's like, "Check out these hot dogs. They're only for show. They've been here for three years. Only one idiot buys them. Yeah, but I like. Hey, I buy them. Oh, yeah." <laughs> And then Homer gets Homer comes home the next morning, and of course he's like, "Marge, I did something I'm not really proud of, and I don't want the kids to hear." Which Bart thinks is going to be great, but of course it's just it's just, "Hey, I I got a second job, and here's my plan. I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep for five minutes, and I'm gonna eat breakfast and shower, and then I'm gonna sleep for a few more minutes, and I'm gonna bask in Lisa's love, and then I'm gonna go to the power plant." And as soon as he says all that. You hear a thud, and Bart's like, oh my gosh, Mom killed him. Nah, he's just passed out on the ground from exhaustion. I mean, his first day, he's not doing too bad at the Quickie Mart, right? Because he's like, but he's also sampling stuff. He's eating the beef jerky and, like, drinking the squishy directly from the fountain. You're drinking from the squishy machine? No, sir. Lisa, of course, we're getting more sweet moments. She's playing her saxophone for Princess the Horse. And then Apu realizes, while he's actively sleeping with Princess Kashmir, that he can't trust Homer by himself. He's worried. So he goes to check in on him and finds him asleep at, uh, at the counter. 
And the best part is a poo is or not a poo, uh, Flanders is there and he's counting out his exact change so he can purchase his items and let Homer sleep because that's exactly what kind of person Ned Flanders is. Yep. <laughs> that's the best part. I mean, that's like the part in um, Clerks where they're just like behind there and she's like doing his nails. Yeah. And he's like, just put, put the sign up and she's like, that actually works, and he's like, "Yeah, because people think they're being, they're still being watched." Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's it's true though, because that's what people think. And of course, Homer passes out in the door of the quickie mart as it's just repeatedly closing on his head. Yep, that guy has <clears throat> more concussion. I mean, he might brain his damage. Yeah, <laughs> but in brain my damage. Yeah. Oh my god. We'll get to that episode. That's a great episode too. So I love his little his little his little dream where he dreams of Slumberland while he's driving. And it's like all the little cherubs are lifting up the car, and the moon's got a big happy face. And then when it cuts back to him, he he's just dragging half of a fence behind his car. <laughs> yeah, and when he gets out of the car, the freaking uh, the buzzsaw falls on his head, <laughs> and he doesn't even react to it. And it's nighttime, so now we've got more Johnny Carson. And now he's talking about how Millie Vanilli was arrested for impersonating a McNugget. And Homer's just pat passed out at the wheel of the car trying to drive to the Quickie Mart. And that's when Marge has to reveal to Lisa how they're affording this pony. Like, your father had to take a second job, and he's completely exhausted. And he's like... Well, Lisa, we're uh, we're not going to ask you to do anything that you don't want to do. You have to make this decision for your own. And she's like, I've always wanted to be treated like an adult, and this is what it comes down to. So she... Sell the pony back to the lady. That runs the yeah, who, of course, is like, although there is no change in my demeanor, I assure you my heart is breaking. Tress McNeil, the greatest voice actress of all time. You could tell it's her right away, because I know all of Tress McNeil's voices. And yeah, that's uh, it's a it's a good moment because Lisa actually holds it together, but she does it for her father. And the best part is uh, Homer's now he's so bad at the job that Apu's actually like the young man you replaced is rolling in his grave, which that's a great line, too, because you realize the whole reason the shift was open was because somebody got murdered. But Lisa arrives to tell Homer that. He doesn't have to do this anymore because she gave up the pony. And Homer is suddenly wide awake over the good news and he quits. Besides, there's a big dumb animal I love even more. Oh, what is it, a hippopotamus? (laughs) (laughs) And then, ah, the movie parody speech at the end. He was rude to the customers, but... I'll be damned if there doesn't go the best damn convenience store employee ever. Yep. And he gives Lisa... He was the worst employee, but he was the best employee. (laughs) Yep. Lisa's Pony. So, of course, we got some trivia here. I'm sure you noticed that they use some recycled animation when Lisa calls Homer at work to say that she loves him. It's her with the mumps from Bart's Dog Gets an F. To completely recycle, didn't even attempt to change it. So, uh, 
Al, Gene, and Mike Reese came up with the idea for the episode while going through a list of Lisa's interests. And Gene told Reese, Lisa likes ponies. We should give her a pony. While writing down ideas for the story, they decided to explore the consequences of having a pony in a suburban house. And I think they hit it. Yeah, that's the, the consequences of doing that anywhere other than living in the middle of nowhere. Right. Is you're spending hundreds to thousands of dollars a month for someone else to take care of it for you to show up once a week, one weekend a month. Exactly. Right. In <laughs> fact, uh, one of my favorite parts about this is uh, is the fact that like I my old job, I one of the deliveries I made was to a horse farm. And it was in this big countrified area with tons of farmland and tons of stables. And that ain't going to fly in the city. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have space. It's Uh, a space requirement. So according to Matt Groening, animating horses is one of the most difficult things to do. I guess I could see that, right? I mean, horses well, are... Well, I can imagine different. you have to articulate four legs and you have to, like, fully articulate. It's not like a dog or a cat where you can get ri- get away with most of it because you can hide it under the flu for something. Yeah, but, it's... Yeah. I, I can understand that. So, this is a good one. One of the children of the talent show performs the song My Dingling by Chuck Berry. According to Al Jean, it was a huge difficulty to clear the rights for the song so it could be used on the show. John Boylan, who produced the album The Simpsons Sing the Blues, personally appealed to Barry to clear the song for them. The lyrics to My Ding-a-Ling, with their sly tone and innuendo, caused many radio stations to ban the song. This is parodied in the episode when Principal Skinner rushes the child off the stage before he's able to finish the rest of the, the refrain as Ding-a-Ling is slang for male genitalia. Yep, because he gets, it ends up getting broken, or bent up and broken. Yep. That's the story. So it's supposed to be like a stick he played with as a child. Yeah, it was a toy. It was the thing. Yeah. Is the the conceit. Exactly. (laughs) But, or is it? (laughs) Uh, Yes, the footage of Homer blow-drying Lisa's hair at one point is recycled and reanimated from Bart the General which we talked about because that was the throwback there. We talked about the reference to The Godfather. Uh, the melody of the song playing dur- during Homer's dream sequence is from Golden Slumbers, the Beatles song from Abbey Road. But in repeat airings, the song was not used. When Reese- Lisa's first riding her pony, they're playing the theme from The Magnificent Seven. And you notice that it was Catherine Hepburn was the riding school instructor's body model. Yeah, I, I could see that. that, yeah. So, of course, Windsor McKay's Little Nemo in Slumberland was the animation inspiration for the Slumberland reference. We also get an Outstanding VoiceOver Performance Emmy Award for Dan Castellaneta for this episode. And the character debut of Lunch Lady Doris. She doesn't really look like her just yet, but that is her. All right, there you go. Lisa's Pony. What do you think, Dan? I had to mention Frank Welker as the guest voice of Princess. Oh, yes, because of course, Frank Welker is the, the king of the animals. 
And you know he's the original voice of Fred on Scooby Doo. Yep, and he's actually the current voice of Fred in the new show. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Jinkies. <laughs> so, what do you think of Lisa's pony? Uh, I mean, it's not my subject matter of expertise, and you know, thing, but it's a good episode. Yeah, it's it's good. It compared to the rest of the season, it's meh. But compared Plus, to in, in this way, in in this episode, I I find most uh, episodes that are Lisa Frederick, which she's a bit a bit extra. This mm-hmm. one, I felt like her being upset and how she acted on it was actually more measured and proportionate. <laughs> I'd agree with that, yeah. I'll agree Where with that. Because, like, I mean, just earlier, the first episode of the season, she overreacts to the birthday thing because they had, their dad was in an insane asylum. Like, yeah, there's things happening where your birthday present for your brother, who, by the way, doesn't have any money. <laughs> right? He's your 10-year-old brother. Uh, like, that's going to get put to the wayside. Your father's in an insane asylum. And she gets... At this point, to this point, the maddest she's ever been at anybody, I think, that episode. I mean, other than when she's like, you're a baboon, you're a baboon. That one. That's the baboon. Stupidest, dumbest ape there is. I think that she played off well. She played off as more of a, uh, a sympathetic and realistic character. And then she realizes, uh, you know what it takes and makes the sacrifice for the good of the family. Plus, if you live near enough to a place like that, you could just book an hour to ride a pony. Mm-hmm. They let you do. They let you do all the things: feed them an apple, brush them, ride them for a bit. You get to do all the things, and then you're not spending thousands of dollars a month. You're spending a hundred or something dollars for an hour. Like, yeah, I got gotcha, you, man. I got gotcha. you. That's just it. Like, uh, I, I'm not. When was the last time I even rode a horse? It was probably when I did my my scout trip to Philmont, New Mexico, back in back yeah, in 2001. In yeah, so that would have been 20 years ago. We did we did a horseback riding thing. We all got together, and you we uh. We rode the horse. That was actually one of our, our two-day over... It was our only overnight where... Because uh, we we're, were doing 10 days on the trail. But for one of them, we spent two nights in the place so we could do a whole afternoon of horseback riding. And I was a little nervous doing it. But once I actually got on the horse and settled in and I realized how cool my horse was, then I was good with it. I just... I noticed a couple of things about horses. Uh, my horse... Uh, horses take fire hydrant pisses they shit where they want to they have no problem shoving their face in other horses asses they will shit while you're riding them yes and i and i know mine took a big leak because i heard the fire hose going off i also remember my horse's name was jazz mine was a retired bronco oh uh, and I actually didn't sign the waiver. I wasn't gonna ride. I wasn't gonna ride the horse. 
But you did anyway. And then the time, so I illegally, I could have sued them because I did not sign the waiver. <laughs> well, goddamn. <laughs> well, fortunately, that didn't come down to it. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Uh, this coming Friday on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to review Saturdays of Thunder. And then next Monday is Flaming Moes, and I believe our friend Jeff Trelowitz is going to be a guest on that episode. Something that he has asked, made a formal request to be part of. So we'll see if we can get Jeff's schedule to match up. So we can have him on next Monday. That's coming up on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Check out all the other great stuff on CKCC Radio. And just keep liking and supporting us. We appreciate everything's about ya. That is what we appreciate about you. We could definitely do uh, this style show with other shows too. But yeah, I want to make sure I get a little further uh, further into my new work schedule and figure things out before I take too much in, but we have talked about doing a Rick and Morty style show, and I think that would be worth it. Letter Kenny I've considered as well, because that would be an easy one to do. We'll we'll uh we'll get to that. Uh but if people have requests for stuff like that, by all means. Maybe if you want to create a show like this one on CKCC Radio, all you gotta do is contact I me. Want to do a Power Rangers show. I just need someone to do it with because I'm not a solo guy. Uh, yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting. I was if, thinking about it the other day. If we're doing, like, original MMPR, I'm in. So, yeah, if you well, guys want to hear that, let's hear some comments. Other stuff. Let's hear some comments. All right, that's going to do it for this week. We'll see you guys Friday at 7 p.m. again for another Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting? Nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs>